You are listening to the Talking Tough Podcast, the world's toughest men and women at their most vulnerable. Their stories of triumph, their falls from grace, and their climb back to the top, to life. This is Rick Bassman here for Talking Tough on the Podcast One Network. Well, hey, everybody, it's Rick Bassman here live from Maui for a special edition of Talking Tough. So, you know, here on Talking Tough, we specialize in having the world's toughest dudes on the show. Uh, The tagline is the world's toughest men and women at their most vulnerable. But, um, you know, we've been uh, regretfully a little light on our uh, our tough female guests. Well, we're going to largely make up for that today by having a a woman on who I'm really excited to talk with her because in addition to being a tough chick, and that's just a saying, I mean that with all the respect in the world, um, she personifies the description of talking tough, somebody that has uh, been to the bottom and taken stock of herself in life and risen back to the top. I'm looking off screen because I don't have all my notes memorized. I never do, as you know, but um, there's a tagline that describes her. A reporter takes up boxing to show what she's made of and to slay her inner demons. And one of the reviews for her book, Fighting Chance, which we'll talk a lot about coming up, says, Alicia Doyle is a shining example of an individual who continues to fight to save herself from the dark side of life. And it goes on from there. So this is interesting. I don't know Alicia. Uh, We spoke once. Uh, we've exchanged some emails. My immediate impression, and it's one that's lasting up until this moment, is of a very genuine, positive, uh, like a bright light. So I'm really curious about these inner demons and this dark side of life. I'm sure we'll get into all of it. Uh, without further ado, a former boxing champion, author of an amazing book that's out now, my new friend, I hope, Alicia Doyle. Hi, Rick. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Really glad to have you on today. How are you doing, Alicia, out in uh, out in California where it's going a little nuts? Uh, uh, we're on pretty serious lockdown right now, so they don't want us outside in the places we are. We have to wear the masks. So it's pretty strict. A lot of things shut down again. So, of course, we're all missing that. But luckily, I live in a small community, and we care about each other. So... Everybody's trying to remain upbeat, positive, but it's challenging, as you know. Are you at a, Are you at home today? I am. Are Are you getting out and about much at all, or are you pretty well locked down? I'm on lockdown, um, and of course, when they closed all of our gyms out here, that was a big blow because I need my workout to keep my head straight. So, I just started walking. Uh, since March, I've been just walking around my neighborhood. We are allowed to go outside and walk outside. So I just, I, I live in a beautiful community with beautiful weather. So that's worked out very well. So I feel really lucky that I can do that. Right on. Do you have any like at home, indoor workout stuff that you use or do? I do. I do. Uh, I do um, like speed bag. Yep. To mimic the speed bag, if I don't, and I put like weight on my arms, you know, first the, the sit ups, the push ups, and that sort of thing. The walk takes quite a bit out of me because I walk five and a half miles, so that's really good cardio. 
And then nice. um, I do my stretching and all that and the weight training at home. I have some select tech dumbbells, which are really awesome. Now, where's your so, uh, where's your speed bag? I don't have a speed bag in my apartment. The speed bag is at the gym. Oh, okay. the gym. I was gonna put I you on the spot yet. and uh, I was gonna put you on the spot and ask for a demonstration. Oh, oh. Well. <laughs> that's all right. Hey, have you have you heard of these um these thing called egg weights? Are you familiar with them? No, what is that? That's awesome. Okay, so they're called egg weights. And John and Rachel, if we push us hard enough, we should get a sponsor. Um, they are these metal weights surrounded by this rubber coating. These things are about four pounds each, believe it or not. Okay. And you grip them. And what I do with them is I, I shadow box with them. And I'll do, um, I set my timer. I'll do a three-minute round take a minute off and come back to the other three minutes. And uh, these things are awesome. So I just thought I'd point it out. Egg weights. Oh, those are rad. I got to get me some of those because my uh, my wrist weights are falling apart. I've been using them so much back. And I can even walk with those. Uh, you can definitely walk with them, yes. And you can box. Look like a crazy person box, uh, walking down the street boxing while you're out there. On your <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but shadow boxing right. is no joke. It's hard. So just shadow boxing with those would be amazing. Alicia, I know that you didn't debut as a boxer till you're 30. I know you won the Golden Gloves twice. You're the California Fight of the Year. You've written an amazing book. You are a very accredited and respected journalist who writes about the good things in life. So what are all these references to slaying inner demons and saving yourself from the dark side? What's that all about? Uh, and that's a big loaded question. Um, and it's something that I did discover in boxing, and, and of course, that's what Fighting Chance is all about. Um, when I found boxing, or should I say when boxing found me, it was an assignment that I didn't want to go on, because I used to view boxing as the dark side. I used to think it was violent, and I didn't understand the beauty of the true science until I went on this assignment. Um, and what I discovered when I went on assignment was a boxing gym for at-risk youth of Big Gloves Boxing. Uh, that was destroyed by El Nino Reigns in the 1990s. So the kids that would go there that really needed this place to go, they had nowhere to go. And these are, are really troubled kids. Some of them are in gangs, um, all from broken homes. Their parents might have been incarcerated. But they needed some attention. So my heart went out to that, to the kids. because I wanted them to have a place to go. So in doing that, I ended up just reporting on this gym for about a year and interviewing these children and their parents and discovering what it did for these kids and how it turned their life around. So that really piqued my interest because I was fascinated that something that's so violent could be something so beautiful and really save a lot of these kids. So that was how I was introduced to the mission. Um, as far as my own demon, these are things that I didn't want anybody to know about, and, and it's all in the book, um, which only took me 20 years to write. But, um, for some reason, something about boxing and the training and the difficulty of it, it just really made me look at myself and, and all the darkness of myself that I had to address, that I failed to address most of my life because I didn't want to talk about it. So it's going to explain how boxing could do something like that, perhaps it's surviving a war in the rain with another girl who really takes you down to who you really are. Um, but it was just an incredible process of discovery of myself. But it, it took a while. And I didn't know that until I really got into it, but it did. It started to change from the inside out. So I, uh, 
Alicia, like I, like I said in the intro, I haven't known you. For, I don't really know you at all. We had one really nice conversation. Uh, I We've corresponded a bit on email. I've read a lot about you. And as mm-hmm. I said in the intro, my, my vibe on you is you are nothing but an extremely like upbeat, positive, like bright person. So I want to get like kind of dark and ugly for a minute, go the other direction. Um, sure. and, and back to a couple of the quotes that I read. You're about slaying inner demons. You went to boxing to save yourself from the dark side of life. I mean, what was there a dark side or or a rock bottom for you? And what did that look like? So, oh well, there's certainly dark pieces um, from the past. Um, things that I really didn't discuss with anyone. Um, a lot of things I'd been through um, growing up in a household with violence. Um, being involved in a domestic violence relationship myself, um, you know, things that I just really didn't want people to know about. And, you know, and then the boxing, you know, became, you know, my salvation. And there were just so many beautiful things that I learned through the sport. But um, I think rock bottom. Wow. I mean, I I could say, yes, you know, the the depression and the insecurity that I dealt with for so many years, you know, th- this was something I hid from a lot of people uh, because I was a reporter, you know, a hot, kind of a hot shot in my town and, and people viewed me a certain way. Um, it was a highly respectable position and I wanted people to have that image of me, but they didn't see the woman going home, crying, feeling insecure, um, hurting over the past, um, just trying to figure it all out on my own. Um, so that was just became like a really strange pull inside of me because I, I knew that something inside of me needed to heal. But in order to do that, I needed to face it head on. And so boxing did have a parallel in that. And it makes sense that it transferred over. But, you know, when you're in the ring with an opponent, you know, you stay in the fight. You 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 stay present. You know, you the only way out is through. And that started to transform, you know, in my other areas of life, things that I had buried and I realized the only way out of this is through because if I keep denying these pieces of myself, I'm, I'm headed for some big trouble. I knew the depression was getting so bad. I knew I had to do something and, and boxing did help me fight the depression in that when I was boxing or training, you have to be hundred percent in that moment. There was really no room for anything else in here. And that's why I fell in love with it because the boxing and the training became a respite from all my pain, from all my heartbreak. But then the minute I stepped out of that ring and came home, it was back again. So this went on for a while. Um, and that was part of the process. And it's it's on the book, which is it's quite raw. Um, it's I'm bloody honest because readers know when you're lying to them. But I also knew the importance of it because I, I realized that vulnerability is the one thing we all share. And I needed to be vulnerable and I needed to tell my story because I, I believed that it would help people. And so far it has. Um, so I know I did the right thing. It, it only took 20 years to write the book. That's how long of a process it was and how much I had to battle in my head just to get it out of me. That, that's that's beautiful. And, and very quick plug before we get back to the story. Uh, John or Rachel just put a crawl up across the bottom of the screen while we're on here. And all of those out you out there watching can tell you how to get Alicia's book, Fighting Chance. Um, I know it's available on Amazon. And if you email Alicia directly, Alicia at AliciaDoyle.com. She will tell you how to get an autograph, personalized autographed copy. That's really cool. Uh, so, Alicia, boxing was, was your outlet to slay the demons. I mean, you could have chosen needlepoint or gardening. Obviously, <laughs> it wasn't going to do the trick for you. 
Um, I want to get to a tough question in in a second. Um, First of all, I want to say I agree. Uh, I've told people my entire life, if you are living in your head Mm -hmm. and you need to get out of it, the two things I know how to do are Mm -hmm. go get in a wave and body surf it Mm -hmm. or get in a fight because you cannot think of anything else while those mm-hmm. people, you're doing those mm-hmm. activities. Those are the only yeah. two things I can think of. So, so I hear you, but I do have to ask that here's the, uh, the previously referenced tough question. So you mentioned that you grew up in a household with violence, that you were in a situation with domestic violence. Was boxing an outlet for your own violence or did you look at it differently? Hmm. But boxing was definitely an outlet for my rage. Absolutely. Uh, because what I had been reporting on this gym for about a year as a journalist and in doing so fell in love with the kids and, and with the sweet science. But um, I had never actually been in to take a boxing class or, or hit the bag or do anything. Um, the owner of the gym, Robert Ortiz, he was long encouraging me to come and take an aerobic boxing class. And I was just, I kind of scoffed him off and I didn't take him very seriously. But what got me into the gym that day was I went through a really volatile breakup with a, with a boy that punched me in the face with a closed fist more than once. And needless to say, I was, I was really angry about that. I was embarrassed. I was ashamed. Um, I couldn't believe I allowed that to happen to me. I mean, I chose this man. I was in love with this man. So I was so angry. I I showed up at the gym the next day because I wanted to hit something as hard as I could over and over again. And um, Robert gave me my gloves and my wraps and I hit that bag for an hour and I felt better. I was, I was amazed at how much better I felt. And there was no contact boxing. This is just aerobic boxing, but there was something about it that made me feel elated and, and not on a natural high. And um, so I kept on going back and doing it again and again and again because it made me feel so good. And before I knew it, I was taking three classes in a row, six days a week. And at that point, it wasn't enough. I wanted more. So, you know, there's boxers and, you know, champions training there all the time with their coaches. So I would just watch them train. And I would mimic their moves. Um, my coach would give them some combination. I would practice it on my own and on the sidelines. And because I was the only female in that gym working as hard as I was at that point, other coaches from other gyms started to notice. And that's when I was approached by a gentleman named Stan Ward, um, who passed away earlier this year. But uh, he asked me if I would ever consider competing. And I told him that I had thought about it, but that nobody would take me seriously because I was a girl. It, it, what a huge switch, though. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I understand and respect cardio boxing. I, mm-hmm. I actually owned the first mixed martial arts gym in the state of California back, oh, in, wow. 19, back in 1997. And we had like 30 bags hanging from the big frame. Yeah. So, you know, we did all the cardio boxing, cardio kickboxing. Yeah. And it's no joke going through a 45-minute class. I mean, it's a workout. But that is. That, you know, you know as well as I, you know better than I do, you know, jab, jab, um, mm-hmm. cross, hook, uppercut, mm-hmm. whatever it is. The mm-hmm. second you get in a ring, you're like, oh, wait, the bag didn't hit me back. Exactly. <laughs> it, it, it's a whole different yeah. deal. Um, oh, yeah. Now, you mentioned that, and uh, regrettably, it's sad that you were hit by your boyfriend. Um, so you, you kind of had, you knew what that was about. But the first time you got in a ring and you got hit in the face, you remember that? Oh, yeah. I remember it like, like it was yesterday. And, and that's what, you know, every fight, and I didn't win every fight, but I have a pretty good record for the time that I was in. But every fight is in that book, whether I won or lost. Um, but of course, 
you cannot continue to, with boxing if you can't get in there with an opponent. So um, that's where I had an exhibition match. And um, that's all in the book where um, it's not supposed to count, right? An exhibition is supposed to be like practice. It doesn't go on your permanent record. Well, I tell you, this was a, this was a brawl. This was a war. And uh, the, the girl I fought, Layla McCarter, she's an amazing woman. She still fights today. She's a multiple time world champion now. But when I stepped in the ring with her, I was 28 years old and she was a teenager. And I didn't even know I was fighting that day until she walked in at the last minute. And then I heard through the crowd that she was a kickboxing champ. And as soon as I heard that, I was terrified. Mm-hmm. But I got in that ring, my coach was there. And then I had, you know, guys from my gym, you know, there to cheer me on, people from other gyms wanting to see me get knocked out. I had to get in there, right? And it was also initiation to see if I could even compete. Coach told me, he said, you know, if you can't get through this, then you know that's it. So I got in there, and it was it was a it was a war. I got a standing eight count in the first round, and um, I just standing remember eight against you. Oh yeah. All right. Yeah, the, the ref stopped the fight because he was I was getting knocked out. So in those and standing eight is a, a chapter in the book about those eight seconds, those eight seconds that barely mark time, those eight seconds that feel like an eternity, and in those eight seconds you have to decide whether or not you can go on. And I did not want to go on. I was scared. I wanted to cry, but I ain't gonna cry in that ring. Um, so I kept going, and I don't even know how I pulled it out of me, but I did, and I lasted the three rounds. Um, Layla was amazing and, um, not to put any spoilers out there, but I ended up when I entered amateurs officially, I ended up facing off with her again because back then there were so few women boxing at the time that whenever we had a national tournament, all the girls from all over the nation would show up at that one tournament because it was the only place that would host girls. So it was very normal for a girl to fight another, fight a girl more than once in amateurs. Sure. Sure. Um, that, that's first standing eight you're describing when you made the decision to go on. That's like a life-altering moment. Could you imagine now, looking back, if you had decided otherwise, mm. your, your life would have been so much different now. Mm. And uh, I think that's a good metaphor for like pretty much every challenge you face. Yeah. We have a decision to make with every challenge we face. Do you take mm-hmm. it on or do you fold? So mm-hmm. man, just, uh, I'm just saying it to say good for you. Good, good decision. Yes. And... Um... Every subsequent fight after that, um, I was terrified in every single fight, but I had a really good poker face, so nobody knew it. Um, but, you know, that was a battle as well, and a mental battle. But, you know, like any athletic sport, especially boxing, it makes you mentally strong. Um, the stronger the body becomes, the stronger the mind becomes. Everything translates. So yeah, getting through that battle, getting through that war um, was a turning point for sure. But I tell you, I feel like I've been in a standing eight count since March. Like we all been in a standing eight since March. So it's like, what are we going to do? Are we going to quit? Or are we going to keep going and finish this thing? Because I believe the only way out is through. So that's how I look at it now. It's like, yeah, I'm in a big, long standing eight, but the only way out is through. But thank you for that. Yeah, without question. I mean, we know that, um, you know, it, it's proven already only uh, nine or 10 months into this that, mm-hmm. you know, me- mental illness is, mm-hmm. you know, at, a, at an alarming all time high. Uh, yes. Suicide, attempted mm-hmm. suicide. The the rates are, I mean, absolutely up there. And mm-hmm. as you've talked about, you know, you I don't know if you're predisposed to depression, but you suffered mm-hmm. through a lot of it. So you're mm-hmm. now in Ventura. You're home. Do you live alone? I do. I right. do live alone. So you're in Ventura. You're alone. No one else is in your home. 
Mm-hmm. Those moments come up. What, oh, what yeah. do you do in those? Do, I'm assuming they come up for all of us. Oh, it uh, came up yesterday. <laughs> but what'd you do? How'd you get out of it? Oh, I sit with it. I sit with the discomfort. And sometimes it can take 10 minutes and sometimes it can take three hours. I do not check out. Um, it would be easy to check out. Uh, medical marijuana is very easy to get here. That You could buy alcohol anywhere. I, I could easily check out. But I don't. I sit with the discomfort and, and I examine it. And, it. and it's a very difficult thing to do. And um, I, I don't know if I would recommend it because um, I am predisposed to depression because of my family um, That's genetically. That's a tough one, sitting with it. I understand mm-hmm. what you're saying. I mm-hmm. get it. But, mm-hmm. um, man, you got to be strong. Oh, it's hard and come out the right side. That's a tough one. Correct. And and my faith is really strong. Thank God. Uh, because there are times when I will be sitting there praying to God to help me through it. Yep. Um, you know, I, there, I did have a suicide attempt when I was a young girl and that's in the book. So when those thoughts come flooding back in, I recognize them and I know that's not an option that I'm just, um, I don't want to kill myself. What I want to kill is this feeling and this, this pain of whatever it is I'm feeling. So, you know, first like it's a lot of examination and self-awareness, but it's, it's difficult because I don't usually talk to anybody. I do have like a couple, you know, if I feel like I'm going to about to jump off a cliff, I'll call my brother. Um, but I pray to God and I just help I get me through this. Uh, shed your grace on me. I'm in pain. Tell God I'm suffering. You know, help me get through this. Um, but it's rough. I mean, especially when, you know, my, my depression spells sometimes get them out for days. You know, and, and I just make sure I keep doing the right thing, that I, I eat well, you know, very nutritious foods, um, that I go on my walk. I have to do my, my workout every day or I would snap my calf. Um, you know, and just doing all the right things and, and also understanding that I'm only human and we're in a time of unprecedented fear. So what I'm feeling is normal. And so I do tell myself these things, but, but it's, but it's it's rough. Yeah. It's good to give yourself a break in those times for Mm -hmm. sure. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, one thing I like to do, John's probably rolling his eyes because he's heard us a million times, but, um, one, one thing, if, if I'm feeling it, I don't know about you. I spend too much time on social media. Um, uh-huh. My excuse is I need it for work, and I do. That's partially mm-hmm. true, not entirely. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll look for somebody, friend or someone I don't even know, who's put it all out there that's having a really bad time, and mm-hmm. I'll reach out to them. Mm-hmm. And I find that by helping somebody else with what they're yeah. going through helps yeah. me. Just a thought. I mean, a, a, and then you have yeah. connection also. Well, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. You know, taking the focus off of because all the stuff that I was, it's not, it's not, it doesn't exist. It's not real. It's in my head. And I know this. So it's good that I know that on a logical level. But yes, pivoting, I'm helping somebody else. Um, You know, thank goodness I am still involved at Kid Gloves Boxing. I'm a volunteer coach. So I, you know, I work with these kids still, and that always gets me out of it. That always gets me out of it. If I can muster up the strength to even get out of my apartment and go there and coach. There have been a couple of times where I've been so down, and I don't want those kids seeing me that way. Sure. sure. Um, and, and and it's an energy thing. I know that even if I try to mask it, you know, they're not stupid. They're going to know. So I do I do avoid them when I'm feeling that way. I don't want them to see that. I want them to see strength. I, that's very important to me. But you're right. It, that always gets me out of my head. 
you know, helping another person. And helping the kids. Is this the kid gloves program you're talking about? Yes, it's still around. He's they're still there, and um, I'm still a I'm a volunteer coach now. But um, before, when I was that's the gym I trained out of. That was where my training camp was. was so, so you're you're in an elevator now, because you know the term. You you live in Southern California. We don't we all know the term elevator pitch. What what's the thirty second elevator pitch on, on kid gloves? What is it? Oh, Kid Gloves Boxing Foundation serves at-risk youth and, and any teen or young adult that wants to get in shape. But we, we're all about the inside first, you know, making them strong individuals, thoughtful individuals, compassionate individuals, and learning to love themselves and for them to realize that anything is possible and to never, never quit. And that's something we drill home with them every single class. Um, there's a beautiful thing we do at the end of every class with the children and there could be four children or 20 children, but it's, it's a water bottle. It's a scrappy little piece of crap water bottle. That's all it is, but we call it the bottle of confidence and we pass it around. We make each kid hold this bottle and they stand up and they say, this is the bottle of confidence. It means never, never quit. Anything is possible. Believe in yourself. And then they hand it to the next child and they have to say it again. They have to stand up and say it again. And it's very, very powerful. We make them do it every time. And Kid Gloves is an incredible yes? Yes. We and have the Kid Gloves Boxing Foundation is a nonprofit. Okay. And how can we learn more about it? Where will we look? We have Kid Gloves Boxing on Facebook and on Instagram, Kid Gloves Boxing. Uh, we're in the process of rebuilding the website. Um, but, yeah, he's still going strong and still helping these kids. He, you know, when I met him, he was doing the same thing. When I met him 20 years ago, Robert Ortiz, that's, you know, what opened my heart to him because I saw what a wonderful person he is. And I was shocked to find that some of the greatest gentlemen I ever met in my life were boxers. And, it, you know, I met through the sport. They're very calm, very sweet men. They look like scary, but they're the sweetest, softest, most vulnerable men I've ever met. Vulnerable. That's a, that's a great mission. And, you know, I, I've seen so many times the positive effect that, boxing and the combat sports can have on kids in trouble yeah. and yeah. and i screwed up because i gave john the wrong url for kid gloves we have it up on the screen as facebook.com forward slash kid gloves so people out there it's kid gloves boxing on facebook and kid gloves boxing on instagram if you want to hear more about it or see more about it and help to support the mission uh, thank it's a you good one. thank you so much no, of course, of course. Yeah, that, mm -hmm. Now you're a boxer. You're you're a lot of things, but you're, first and foremost, you're a journalist. Is that correct? Yeah. Yes, yes. I've been a journalist for about thirty years. And I know you've written as your as your website describes thousands of articles, literally. Mm -hmm. And you specialize in good news. That's a quote mm -hmm. unquote. Mm -hmm. What does that mean? That means I only write about people and efforts that have a positive impact on the world and in their communities. And um, I was able to go on that mission when I went freelance, because when I was working as a newspaper reporter on, at, on staff at the Los Angeles Times, San Diego Union Tribune, Daily News, I've worked for some of the biggest metropolitan papers in Southern California. Um, and as a reporter, I had to take the assignments they gave me. And I covered like crime. Uh, you know, there were some tough beats um, where not every story was good. Um, so I decided that when I went freelance that I was only going to write the good news because when I would report on stuff like tragedies or heinous things that people have did to each other, 
it didn't make me feel good. And I knew that whoever reading it wasn't going to feel good either. And I, I also knew that God gave me the gift to write for a reason. And he wanted me to use it for good. So that's why I decided when I went freelance in 2000 that I was only going to report on good news. And, and it works. There's a lot more good news out there than there is negative news. Uh, that, and that's a great. And, and the funny thing is, it's an interesting statement. Because um, mm-hmm. I'm going to go with you on that. I believe it. I would bet you most people won't believe that, though. Because for whatever reason, we're drawn to the bad stuff. Um, you know, you as you know, the problem with there's all these sociological studies that mm-hmm. watching the news, you know, especially mm-hmm. local news, murder, mayhem, it contributes to depression and whatnot. But, but for some reason, we're, we're, we're drawn to it. Um, mm-hmm. I, I avoid the local news like the plague. And yeah. up until last year, I didn't read national news either. Um, sadly, I admit now I'm a little addicted to the national news. Um, sure. be- well, I'm going to say because it doesn't matter. There's really no good reason for it. But when it becomes too much for me, there's a website I love going to. You ever heard of goodnewsnetwork.com? I believe I have, but I got to check that out. That's great. It's the greatest thing. You, you log on to Good News Network, and it's just nothing but good news and good stories and uplifting stuff. And, mm-hmm. And talk about switching your mind fast. That's right. Wow. That's right. So and, your website talks about some of the people, um, inspirational people that have a positive impact on this world. That That's a descriptive phrase for pe- the type of person you interview. And yes. it, it doesn't name any names, but I have a question for you. because And I, I'm probably going to, I know I'm going to be jealous here if the answer is yes. Um, you interviewed a man born without arms and legs who gives motivational talks. Was that Nick Vujicic? Yes. Uh, you got him. John, did you hear that? She got him. We can't get him. I may have to ask for he, your help. He's amazing. I love that guy. He's my hero. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I, can, I can recall that assignment like it was yesterday. It was um, during the National Day of Prayer, and he was the, the keynote speaker. And there was not a dry eye in that place. It was he, remarkable. He is unbelievable. And he has a I huge am, ministry, yeah. huge ministry now and deserves it. Yes. Yeah. You know, for, um, for any, for anybody uh, watching this on YouTube or listening on a uh, podcast, you know, I, I don't want to say if you think you have problems, cause that sounds um, like it makes light of what, whatever it is you're experiencing. We all have our own experience and, and they're all, they're all heavy. And I understand that. But this guy, Nick Vujicic, wow, uh, born, as the description said, with no arms, no legs, had a horrible time in school, mm-hmm. um, thought his life was over, tried to kill himself. And now he, you know, I, I talked about you and, and my impression of you being just, you know, inherently a very positive person in bright light. This guy like personifies that. Um mm-hmm. Got a hot wife, beautiful kids. Yeah. Great. Um, <laughs> yeah. I got to put it that way to make light of it a little bit. But, um, you know, so for when we think we have problems, it's always uh, inspirational to look to somebody like that, certainly. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and you know, c- kudos to you for seeking out that sort of guest. That's, um, th- that's our quest here. We look for people that have really been through it, that have come out the other side and, and you know, have something to helpful something helpful to impart about that that might move even one person out there and that's very much a reason why i was drawn to you and in your story 
So there's not a question in there. I just wanted to say it. That's all. Well, that's wonderful. Well, yeah, I, I believe it was no coincidence that you and I connected. Um, and, and this is serendipitous. We were meant to do this. So I appreciate you um, doing this for me. Absolutely. So what's, uh, what's next in your life? Assuming the world returns to normal and, uh, and prior to it returning to normal, what, what's, uh, what's hot for you right now? And then what comes up uh, next? Well, I'm super excited because um, on April 6th, uh, I signed a movie deal based on my book um, with a woman named Slavika Bogdanov of Empowering Entertainment. Um, and she's marvelous and brilliant. So that was a, an incredible blessing and something I didn't expect. Um, so right now that film is in development. Uh, we are still uh, looking for investors, and uh, but it's moving along very, very quickly. So I'm super excited about that. Um, I do go to Kid Gloves and Coach when I can. I still do that, you know, keeping in mind of very strict social distancing, of course, but I need to be around those kids. Um, so I do that. Um, but other than that, just a lot of um, contemplative time. You know, I do I do meditate every day. That's, that helps tremendously. So I make sure I do that. That's part of my, you know, just overall health, along with diet and nutrition and working out. Um but it's just a lot of it is just quite solitary and I'm an introvert anyway. So I think that's why I'm not completely cracking up about it. Yeah, I can, I can relate to that. Yes, absolutely. Huh. All right, cool. Um, wow. I think there's, there's, there, there's so much to, uh, to, to talk about. Um, all right, let's get personal for a second. Cause I know okay. people are going to be wondering about this. Um, okay. Do you have a man in your life? Is there, uh, is that something you don't have that is in your future or are you just completely over it? <laughs> I do. I do. Um, I have a boyfriend who lives in Reno, so it's long distance. But uh, what's, what's sweet about it is that he was a boy that I, I dated when I was 16 years old. Oh, wow. So cool. we first, cool. yeah, when we were was 16 and he was 15 and then and then we both had our lives and he had his life and then he found me on Facebook about three years ago and it was like no time had passed. Of course, we remembered each other and there was nothing bad between us and we were so young. So it's been really nice reconnecting That's with really him. Cool. That, that and he's great. a very sweet man. He's a very sweet and kind man. Good. That's so important, mm -hmm. isn't it? We can yeah. get to a point where we know what's most important, don't we? Mm -hmm. Good. Yeah. Good. And, uh, it's uh, yeah, you know, there's a lot to be said for that long distance thing, actually, and that's really not even that far. That's a perfect distance, so good for you guys. Right, it's not that far, um, but it's nice to yeah have a you know a relationship with somebody that you miss all the time. It's better than the alternative, you know. So we make it work. Good, good. Okay, I had to ask, and I saw it through you a little bit. I'm just like I love I love to do that. It's fun to go places you may not normally go in a conversation like this. Who knows? Um, are, are you still uh, are you still writing for for papers? Are you freelancing? What's going on with that? Yeah, so I still freelance a little bit. Um, when COVID hit, um, a lot of my clients just folded or went away or just disappeared. Um, I lost quite a bit of that, but I still write for a couple local publications. Um, I'm putting a lot of energy into the book um, and just publicizing the book. And thank goodness for you know platforms like this and the internet has made it so that I can do that and still publicize it because before COVID hit, I had book signings planned and scheduled and I had bought 
boxes of books that I was, you know, getting ready to sign. And then COVID hit. It's like, oh no. But um, it was just so dramatic. I, I also knew that everything was going to be okay because what happened was so strange. It was like, all right, God does have another plan. So I just need to chill out, you know, and uh, keep my mind straight, you know, as it unfolds. And everything worked out fine. Um, I had to learn a lot of stuff online, of course, but that's been a great process. So it's yeah, been it's, fun meeting people like you and you're, you're not six feet away, which is nice. That's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, it's a time to build foundations in another way, which obviously you're doing. And, uh, you know, the, um, the book signings and speaking engagements and all that will come back, but you'll, uh, you'll be better prepared for it now. So, you know, it's funny, there, there, there is a blessing in everything, I think. doesn't always seem like it when it's happening right at the time, but I think looking back, we we can find what the uh, advantage to it all was. Absolutely. And and I think one of the best things about this is it's given me time to contemplate because we're, we're, you know, we're forced to stay at home. They, they really don't want us out. I mean, there are signs around here that say, if you're, if you're not wearing a mask, you can be cited. Well, you know, the cops are enforcing that. Thank goodness. Cause they think that'd make everybody pretty upset. Um, but it's just been a time to contemplate and to be self-reflective and, being forced to really, you know, be forced into this isolation, but it's been great. It's been hard sometimes, but it's been quite wonderful because I know that I've had a lot of personal growth in this time. And I'm sure a lot of other people have. If you had the, you know, proverbial balance sheet, as it were, it definitely seems like you've come out on the, uh, you know, the, the positive side of the ledger during this. And what I mean by that is you're, you're doing for yourself. You're bettering yourself professionally, emotionally, the whole nine yards. And God knows there's a lot we can do to uh, to take advantage of that. Uh, it's not, to me, I think it's an opportunity. I really do. I've gotten Absolutely. in better shape over the past few months and I've been in a long time. I've advanced myself professionally. Mm -hmm. uh, it, you know, you, you, you make up for the deficiencies if you choose to do that. There's always a chance to do that. Absolutely. And, you know, my nephew was a big inspiration too because, um, He's, he wants to, he's getting ready to go to medical school. And um, this, this whole thing happened and he has classmates, student friends of his that just dropped out. They just stopped. And his, his whole attitude was, this is, I'm going to keep going. I'm, you know, yeah, you had to take everything online. Yeah. It's hard to do like a science lab, you know, online, but he's doing it and he's gotten just straight A's across the board and just kicking butt. So I think, you know, I'm going to follow that and I'm going to just make, take advantage of this time because this is the time we can reinvent ourselves and re do anything. We, we, we always have that opportunity, but now it's like really hone in on what you want and find out what, what's working and find out what's not working. And a lot of people are in relationships and they're breaking up. A lot of people are getting divorced because they are realizing they're stuck with this person and they're like, why did I make this choice? So I think that's great too just people reassessing their lives and realizing what's important because we all really don't know what's going to happen a few months from now. <laughs> you know, I love, I love all the people that are experts because God knows all you have to do is go on Facebook to find a hundred people that you know personally that are experts about what's going on right now. And <laughs> the, the, the only thing I know for sure, I believe is that none of us know anything and it's going to be interesting looking back on this time, you know, when, when the true stats are in, when, um, you know, when, when there's some perspective on, on what happens, some hindsight, it, it's going to be interesting. So in the meantime, yeah, we, I agree. We, we do the best we can for ourselves, 
for others being of service any way we can. And uh, yeah, everybody take advantage, do the, do the best, no matter what you have or don't have, there's something you can do to better yourself and help others. There's no doubt about it. And we, we talk about that all the time on the show to, to the extent it probably seems like preaching sometimes, but uh, I believe in, I believe in that word. So I always like to push that. Oh yeah. It's perfect. And it's true. It's true. And, and you know, that we have the power of choice. So one last departure before we uh, sign off for the day. Are you, are you going to fight again? No. <laughs> no way. Absolutely not. And, and I, I joke about that because that's, you know, other people have asked me that as well. Um, but I said, I would fight for, if there was, it was a million dollar person, I would guarantee to win. Then I'll get in there again. <laughs> it have to be a really good, compelling reason. I get it. Believe me. A million dollars and I'm guaranteed the win. <laughs> yeah, there you are. I'll, I'll set that up for you tomorrow. No problem. Well, hey, Alicia, it's a pleasure meeting you and really, really good to talk with you. Um, it's, it's especially refreshing in these times where most people don't find much good to talk about uh, to meet someone like yourself who, who's positive and on the ball and making good things happen. So, you know, blessings and all good stuff to you. And uh, I look forward to watching your book become a huge success, watching the movie coming out and then uh, hopefully staying in touch. Oh, absolutely. Yes, definitely. Because um, you're a wonderful person. And again, I don't believe it was a, co a coincidence that we met. So we'll definitely stay in touch for sure. Well, you take care. Keep killing it. And uh, we'll talk again soon. All right. Thank you, Rick. Alicia, have a great night. You too. Good night. Bye-bye. And that was Alicia Doyle on Talking Tough. And I, I believe that John pause from the two-man power trip podcast empire and producer rachel sartoris in los angeles are are still on there they are i see them so i have to dive right into a question rachel you ready to train and make your boxing debut oh yes definitely i'm <laughs> you're gonna get yeah. right on that huh yes i'm i'm on it tomorrow i think my back is up for it yes exactly i you could fight i know what we can do we should book and promote a mixed match on Talking Tough. And you could fight John Paws from the two-man power trip. <laughs> yeah, that'd be awesome. John, you game? Sure. Why not? <laughs> right. I don't see why not. What? Why the hell not? R Rachel, how's your, uh, how is your back doing? It's, you know, it's doing all right. I've been, you know, doing uh, DDPY. You are doing DDPY. Good I much. am doing DDPY. What do you think? It's great. I'm, I, you know, I started with the the lowest, mm -hmm. the very, very lowest. That's, the, the, bed. that's the way to start for sure. Yep. I Good. started with the bed flex. So <laughs> I know that one. You actually did the bed flex. That's awesome. Yes, I literally started with the very first program. So, you know, as low as you can go. But it's that, great. That's good. Now, what um what's do you remember what the last one was that you did? I forget. Oh the no, name I'm on that. I'm on week one. I'm I'm okay. on week one because we okay. I just started. And are you um I know it's early, but are you feeling like you're gonna stay with it? Yeah. That's killer. I got we gotta let Paige know about that. That's really cool. 
Yeah, um, I'm enjoying it. John, going to put you on the spot. Have you started uh, DDPY yet? I have not. I do need to do it, though. I was actually looking at the app before thinking, like, I got to start doing this. I've that been too busy. Awesome. You know what? It's like yeah, it's pretty cool. It's like, it's like once you get over the hump of doing the first thing, you're, you know, in my experience, you're into it. So, um, Rachel, I think we ought to put John on the spot because we already have. And we should extract a commitment from him right here and now as to when he's going to do his first Diamond Dallas Page yoga workout. We did that once before. Oh, shoot. Uh-oh. Well, let's forget that one happened. Let's start again. John? Mm-hmm. We're asking you for a commitment as to when you're going to do your first DDPY workout. I think probably Sunday might work. A couple days from now, that might work. I've just uh, been a crazy schedule list, uh, I'd say, week and a half. All right. So, Sunday. 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 I think Sunday John needs today. to... Uh, John's going to hate me for this, but I think he needs to take the word think, might, and probably out of his commitment statement. Let's do it on Sunday. Let's do it. You will. I will. There you go. Will. We'll do it. You know, and they're they're short, man. I mean, there there are some longer ones, um, but the one I do most days is like 22, 23 minutes, something like that. And uh, it's just getting to it and making it happen. That's all. You'll uh, you, you'll thank me and Rachel. You'll definitely thank Dallas Page, no doubt about it. So do it, man. Yeah, it's awesome. So Alicia thing, was uh, Alicia was really inspiring. Yeah, I, she, I think she's really real. That's what I like about her. Yeah, she's very real, very down to earth, very inspiring. On you know, definitely the young young girls to you know to women. To and to men. I mean, I, I think she's just, you know, she's very real, very down to earth, and um, I, I mean, I think she appeals to a very wide range of of people. Uh, yeah, I totally agree because she does. She doesn't come off to me at all as like an entertainment figure or a performer at all. She seems like yeah, a very um, just like a, a human being, very personal. Yeah. A very genuine person. Yes. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I really, yeah, I like her. I, I hope that um, she sent me the book. You probably could tell I haven't read it yet because I'm really bad at that. Um, <laughs> but now I'm going to. And, uh, yeah. It, it, I, I mean, I, it sounds like a, a really, like, a really compelling, am, amazing story of, like, overcoming a lot. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I hope she does well with it. I really do. It'd be great to see that, uh, that movie get made. That would yeah. be a really nice thing. That'd be a really nice thing. Yeah. Well, guys, so thanks. how, how did, how did this come about? I, I kind of heard she, she reached out to John or she reached out to you guys and John picked it up. She actually uh, reached out to me, emailed me and was uh, looking to get in touch with Rick and wanted to be on the show. So I immediately forwarded it to Rick, and he said, perfect. She's a perfect guest for the show. Obviously, physically tough, but mentally tough as well, and just kind of just worked out perfectly and uh, kind of went from there. But, yeah, she reached out to me and wanted to get in touch with Rick. Oh, that's fantastic. That's a great, you know. And, and it's a good fit. It's a good fit. I mean, you, would, you wouldn't believe some of the messages I've got. Um, I, I don't want to, like, I would never point anybody out. 
but like um ah, i can't even give the example because it'll blow yeah. the person out <laughs> yeah yeah exactly anyway yeah i think but you know that, what I'm trying to say. yeah some are, some are just like nah it's not a good fit <laughs> that's all. right but that's one of those it's like it, that's a great you know that's one of those great you know somebody reaches out and it just makes total sense for yes. you know and it's also great to see a woman yes yes agree and you know and, and I'm, I'm glad you brought that up since you are a woman producer and since we have women in our audience, I sometimes have people ask, well, how come it's like, you know, the tagline is the world's toughest men and women. And it's like 2% women on the show. And I have to say it's not, it hasn't been for lack of trying. It hasn't been, um, you know, I, you know, I chase a lot of the guests on my own, most of them, I would say, cause I, you know, I find people I'm interested in, and then I get excited about it, so I'll chase them down. And there are a lot of like really fascinating, strong women out there that I've gone after that just I'm not hearing back from. So if you guys have ideas for strong female guests or anybody out there who's listening fits that uh, that mold or has ideas, let us know, please. Yes, we need we need more women. We need more tough women, strong women to come on. You know, there, there's this Represent. lady, God, I forget it. Her name is Fritzy, and I want to look it up and get her last name. I know that she um, she has a nonprofit called the Compassion Prison Project. And if you look at her, she looks like, you know, like a well-to-do average, I don't want to say housewife, because that's almost like a demeaning term these days, and I understand that. So it's not meant that way. But, you know, she's well-to-do, conservative, you know, average American type citizen, put it that way. And she has this nonprofit where she created this program where she goes into like super max hardcore prisons and works these programs to bring prisoners together. Guys from like every, and you know, as, as we all know, because we all watch movies, um, when you're in prison, you don't mix races. And yeah. she's come up with this project where she brings races together in prison by getting to the core of what's going on in, you know, in themselves that got them in there in the first place. And she reconciled, helps to reconcile these big divisions, um, not only like within the prison population itself, but within each individual. And I've been chasing and chasing her. That's, you know, that's an example. So that's what we're wow. after for sure. Wow, that would be amazing. That would be a really great, she'd be a really great guest. Maybe you should write to her. Maybe she hears from you, it'll make a difference. I'll give you her info. Yeah, definitely. I'd be happy to, I'd be happy to chase that one down. Cool, good, good. All right, I'm gonna send that yeah. to you um, when we finish up here today, definitely. Right. Well guys, that was cool. I don't yeah. have much else that I can that think of. One. We've got some good ones coming up next week. Um, yeah. And here we are at uh, the weekend. Um, we got a big hey. inauguration on Wednesday. You guys have your, um, you guys have all your gear. Head down and uh, gonna head to DC and ride a little bit. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, I'll I'll be sitting in front of my TV. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, John, do you do you watch do you watch the news these days? No, not at all. You don't. Good for you, nope. man. Good for you. 
I've got to get back to that, get back to not doing that, I should say. I'm sure my entire day Wednesday from the moment I wake up will be, since I don't have a TV here, I'll sit in front of my uh, laptop or iPhone or iPad and uh, watch the uh, the loveliness uh, unfold. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Do, well, Do you want to tease our guests for next week? Oh, hell yeah. You know, yes, yes. We got a crazy day um, on Thursday of next week. You know, I didn't. I just thought of this right now, Rachel. It's the day after the inauguration. Who knows how that's gonna color the uh, the mood in our country the the following day? So we have two on Thursday, and you know, if, if I had to like grade one to ten on ones I'm really psyched about, these are both like ones for sure. Um, we have a guy named Robert Vecino on. Robert is a verifiable billionaire. And he has a company called Vivos X, where he has gone out around the world and he's bought up these government built facilities. There's a few here in the U.S. There's one in Germany. There's one in Russia. Um, I don't know how he got that deal done, but he buys these facilities that the military have built where they're like these fortified underground bunker cities that are built to withstand nuclear blasts and keep people alive, full ventilation systems, the whole nine yards keep people alive for up to a year without having to surface. And he's taken these places and made them into like underground luxury compounds. And he is considered the guy at the absolute apex on this planet, what they call the prepper movement, people preparing for the end of the world. So we have him on uh, Thursday, which uh, I think is going to be fascinating. That's one. Yeah, that's going to be a good, that's going to be a good one. Yeah, and guys, I would say if you get a chance in advance, look them up. And if you know you have anything you want to add to it, let me know. I'm doing a lot of research on it because I personally find it fascinating. Um, so I think I'll be pretty well prepared. But if you guys are into it and have uh, have something, let me know, please. Definitely. And then uh, our second guest on Thursday is at the along with Nick Bujicic, the guy that uh, Alicia and I were talking about. Um, who people, not me, called the no arms, no legs guy. Um, just search out on Google, no arms, no legs guy. You'll, you'll get Nick Vujicic, truly one of the most fascinating humans on this planet. And we will get him on the show by the, by the end of this calendar year. I'm absolutely set on that. Um, there's another guy who's at that level for me, and his name is Isaac Wright Jr. He is the person that the hit ABC series for life is based on. He was um, sent to prison for life for, it uh, doesn't matter what the charges were. It was drug related. Um, he uh, professed his innocence from the very beginning, maintained his innocence throughout, was sentenced to uh, life imprisonment. He had no priors at all. Um, it became a big racial issue in, uh, in uh, New York. And while he was in prison, he decided he was going to study the law he then started studying to become a lawyer. He took the bar and he became the first person incarcerated in the United States to become a lawyer while in prison. He then was able to rail against the system in New York, get a retrial where he represented himself and overturned the conviction and was freed. And if that's not an amazing enough story in and of itself, he is now one of the declared candidates for the... Uh, for the mayor's race in New York City this coming year. So it's going to be um, 
it's going to be an interesting guy to have on for sure. Yeah, Thursday Thursday's going to be a good day. And guys, here's how I see it. If um if society survives after this inauguration, well, we should be good because we might have the mayor of New York as our friend. And if society collapses, maybe we can get a space in the underground bunker. In a bunker, yeah. So we're yeah. good. We got our bases covered on Thursday, all in one I, day. I think so. I, I think <laughs> Thursday is going to be a good day, and, and I think we're covered either way. <laughs> right on. Cool. Yeah. All right, guys. Thank you. We'll have a great night. I'm sure you're both going to the big all-night raves and the yeah. places where you live. Oh, yeah. You know, that's how we do. That's how we all roll these days. John, heading out to the rave? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Can't wait. Good deal. I'm going to go feed my dogs and stay home by ourselves. That's all I ever do. So you guys have fun, and I'll envy you from afar. Yeah, and 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 enjoy the island life. <laughs> you know. Have a good night, you guys. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. Let me tell you something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. It's a very mean and nasty place, and I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. You, me, or nobody is going to hit as hard as life. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward, how much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. Now, if you know what you're worth, now go out and get what you're worth. But you got to be willing to take the hits and not pointing fingers saying you ain't where you want to be because of him or her or anybody. Cowards do that and that ain't you. You're better than that.